Welcome to the Crushing Land Podcast, brought to you by The Land Method. Each week, our host, Jonathan, along with The Land Method team and special guest speakers, will answer your burning questions on land investing or discuss relevant real estate investing strategies and principles. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of our Crushing Land series, where we're going to talk with Jamal Brown about grinding out a successful land business. Uh, now, before we get into it, if you've missed any of our previous episodes, you can watch them on our YouTube page, uh, or you can listen to them on most streaming platforms. Uh, look, no matter what business you're trying to start, there's always going to be challenges. Uh, I'm sure Jamal knows about that, right, Jamal? That's why we're talking today. Um, the, the, the reality is, is that most investors, businesses don't succeed because they don't overcome those challenges. In fact, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, about 20% of small businesses fail by the end of the first year. And that number goes up to 50% by the fifth year. Um, so many of these challenges can be fixed. I believe the biggest problem most businesses face is not having the proper team in place and are not getting the proper training. You don't know what you don't know. For example, if you want to open up a McDonald's, you have to go through several training courses, one of which is a four-day training at Hamburger University. And you might be thinking, why do I have to go through a week-long training to flip burgers? The reason is simple. They're teaching you how to successfully replicate their business that has made them the number one global food service retailer. So again, today we're going to be talking with Jamal. Uh, everybody comment and welcome Jamal to, uh, you know, to, to today's um, show. Jamal is one of our coaching students. He's faced many challenges along his real estate journey. On top of being married, having two young kids, he works a full-time job, has dealt with family medical issues, does volunteer work, and with all that has been successfully able to make real money with land investing. Um, don't get me wrong, this didn't happen overnight. He's tried different strategies and been grinding in real estate for years. We wanted to bring him on today because we know a lot of people have struggled or are still struggling with their businesses. And we believe Jamal is a great inspiration to all of those who feel like they've tried everything, but it hasn't worked, or they constantly feel like giving up. Um, Jonathan and myself encourage you all, all the time, you can do this, answer your questions, and, and do what we can to help you guys out. But there's no better way to hear it, or no better person to hear it from than someone just like yourself that's been through it. So Jamal, uh, first I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day, man, to be here with us. Uh, if you'd like, you know, take a few minutes, tell us a little bit about your story, how you started, you know, some strategies that you tried and, uh, you know, how you've been able to really build that momentum that you currently have. All right. Thanks for having me, Genus. Um, so my story starts when I was like maybe um, 10 or 12 years old. It was summer vacation from school and I, I was up late watching TV and I saw an infomercial uh, about how you could uh, sign up to get this merchandise and you could buy these little figurines and then sell them and uh, become rich. And I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm, I'm going to break my little piggy bank and I'm going to send in my money. I'm going to buy my mom a house, my mom and dad a house, even though they had just built a house. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy my, my older sister, my older brother a car. So I, I did it. You know, I was, um, I was, uh, 
I was a dreamer early, you know, I, I'm, this is, I'm going to share this real quick. This is my, uh, my first business card there, JB's Wholesaling. <laughs> my first business card ever. And I, I, how, I, old are you? how old were you? When, when... I think I was like, I think I was like 12. I want to say I was like 12. Oh, um, wow. And my, my mom, you know, I, I got my, I got my first, like my first little kit of figurines and I begged my mom, I dressed up in my, my Sunday's best and my dress shoes. And I had, I begged my mom to take me to the mall. It's a mall that's like, it's so old that it's closed now here in Phoenix. And I went store to store selling my stuff until a lady in there ran me off and said, you need to get a license. You got to get out of here, kid. You can't be doing that in here. So that was the beginning and the end. You know, the only sale I ever made was to my my, my brother, my, my brother and his wife at the time. And uh, they bought one of my little jazz, my little jazz dog figurines. And uh, that was that was it. You know, that was the beginning and end of my entrepreneurial journey at 12 years old. Um, but then, you know, um, I have to say a big influence was my dad. My dad, my mom and dad are really hard workers. My dad worked for the city of New York and then the city of Phoenix. Um, and, um, but he always kind of kept a side hustle. So I got, you know, that work ethic from him. I saw that, but, you know, he always kind of worked, worked a regular job. So that was what was modeled for me. So, um, you know, me and my, my brother, and my sister were first generation to go to any kind of co collegiate training or college after high school. And so that was the training we got, you know, basically go to school, get a safe job, be able to support your family. But I read a book when I was like 16, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like a lot of people. And I was like, wow, this is this is different. great book. Right. I mean, I think every real estate person who does it now at some point read that book. This was a long time ago, though. So I read it before there was like Kindle or like ebooks. This was uh, this was, you know, hard copy, you know, paperback. But Paperback, yeah, yeah, and I thought it was amazing, but I was just like, you know, I was, I think I read that when I was like 16 or 17, right, right when I was finishing up high school, and I was like, this sounds great, but now what, like, I don't know anybody or anything about how to get started, so I, I the, the, the idea stayed with me, but that was it, you know, so I went on, uh, oh, another thing that happened before, before I went on to, to college, uh, my, my cousin was in college, my older cousin was in college, and he was working on a project with uh, a classmate of his, this guy's name was Chuck. I met Chuck one time, but I always remembered it because after Chuck left, I happened to be over at the house. And my, my cousin was like, yeah, Chuck is in school with me right now. But when he's just going to school because his parents are making him, he's not going to be actually getting a job. When he gets out, he's just going to be managing his, his parents' apartment buildings, you know, and playing video games. And I was like, how can I do what Chuck is planning on doing? I need to, I need to get in on that, you know? You're out too. Exactly. Invite Chuck back over here and tell him to tell him to give me some information. But, you know, so that was like another little nugget. Like, OK, there are people that are living somewhat of the concepts that I, that I had read about before. So then, you know, I, I, I kind of fall into the, 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 the normal what's normal. Right. I, I went to school. I got a degree in computers. Um, I went and got a job. And I was the type of kid where I always wanted to have my own money. I wanted to make my own money. So I wouldn't have to ask my parents for money. Um, my parents didn't really believe in allowance, you know, so I had to bargain with them. Hey, dad, I got good grades. You know, can I, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, or or find an odd job to do. And I was really good at doing odd jobs, like washing cars and that sort of stuff. But I was, I, I could not wait to get my first job when I was like, you know, 14. And then when I got, then when I had the ideas of what, what being an adult was like, I finished school. I am still at home because I, you know, I finished school. I'm like in my early 20s and I get my first like real full-time job after getting out of school. And I come home after about, I don't know, maybe six months of working, I, I kind of an IT support job. Yep. And I asked my dad, I say, dad, uh, is this it? <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I was like, adulthood, you know, have working 
and and you know making your money and kind of you know being an adult is this it he's like yes son this is it i was like so you go to work for you travel you know you commute 30 an hour 30 minutes to an hour a day you go to work you know you're around people that you may or may not like doing something you may or may not like doing for 40 or 50 hours a week you get paid every two weeks you gotta ask to, to to take vacations you have to ask to get a raise or somebody's always telling you what you're gonna make or putting a cap on you and and you just keep doing that for for 40 years basically he's like yeah this is what you wanted i was like oh this is for the birds man i don't like this at all um but but what I did was I just focused on trying to progress in in that space, you know, get better jobs, you know, jobs that I felt were a little bit more um, suited to what I wanted to do. But you know, I, I've done a bunch of them, and they all are the same essentially. Um, and that's just no disrespect to jobs, you know. But I, I I learned over time that you know a job in corporate America, which is I worked for a lot of big companies, um, they're all kind of the same. You're expendable. You can be laid off. I was laid off. Um, that happened in 2008. But where my real estate journey started is a couple of years before that, I started learning about real estate in 2007 because, you know, I, I went through, you know, work, got married and, and I, I was, you know, I, I figured this is just what you do. You know, you just work, even though in the back of my mind, I'm like, there has to be kind of a better way. So in 2007, I started learning. That's when I, that's when I got my first kind of real estate education. I hired a coach. I flew to California. I took a I took a class, and it was a lady who taught me to pre knock to knock pre foreclosures, go and door knock pre foreclosures. It was pretty terrifying, and this was 2007, which is a really door knock. You was actually door knocking right right as the economy's going. Exactly, I'm I'm going out knocking on doors, you know, shaking in my boots, and. And the economy, and I don't know, the thing is when you, when I first got started in real estate, I didn't really understand what was happening with the larger real estate market. I didn't understand what's happening with the economy. I just knew I was excited to, to get started in real estate, you know, to have a path forward in real estate, which is something I wanted, you know, for a while. And, um, but it was just really bad timing. I think, you know, I was, I wasn't the right version of myself, I would say as well, either, because I didn't really fully understand the kind of effort it takes to to the kind of consistent effort it takes to actually get some real momentum starting from zero and also that approach too I think that was an approach that was um I think I guess it I guess it worked for some people it just didn't work for me yeah. so it was very discouraging you know because I had big dreams about what was going to happen what I was going to be able to do and um what was going to happen with me and my family but while that's happening while I'm starting to learn about real estate and then I I, I took my lumps uh, you know, I took uh, some time, step but stepped back. Then I got another program which taught me how to do short sales, which was ironic because during this time I actually got laid off from my job, and I could not find another job. And this and was went, now we're talking what year? We're talking like two thousand eight, two thousand nine now. Okay. Right, right. Shortly after I started learning about short sales, and I actually started working on a short sale. Uh, lo and behold, I didn't know I was going to need to work on my own short sale. Uh, because that's essentially what happened and it didn't work you know my house got foreclosed on it was a really tough time for me and my wife we, we found out we were pregnant with our first daughter and um, I had I start I tried to start another business in Phoenix you could at that time you could throw a rock and hit a foreclosure in any direction in a foreclosed home so I started a business because I couldn't get a job like it was the fourth quarter of 2008 I could not get hired at any job to save my life because it was basically the beginning or midway through 
what they called the Great Recession. And it was, I just, I could not get a job. I couldn't get a job at the company I got laid off from and in, in another department, I couldn't get a job anywhere else. And so I, I decided to start a foreclosure cleanup company where, you know, I took a little bit of money, a little bit of severance that they gave me and bought a pickup truck and a trailer. And I figured, well, there's foreclosures literally everywhere. I had a buddy that was doing it at the time. So I figured, well, maybe this would be the my exit out of corporate America. I can start this business do really well with it and never have to go back and get a job. But what ended up happening is, is I had, a, I had a moderate amount of success. Um, not enough to sustain my family though, not enough to get caught up on my bills. My house still got foreclosed on. I'm negotiating with the bank through a short sale. They're accepting the, the offers that I'm bringing them. And then they raise the price or they change, they change it. And after a while, they change the criteria of what they're going to use to accept the short sale, which told me that they really had no intention of ever accepting it. Um, I had a mild stroke at this time, I went into the hospital. My little brother who was my wife's little, my wife's actual little brother, but he moved in with us and we got really close. He was like my little brother. He died. He was young. He suddenly died. Wow. Um, it was, it was a really, really tough time. You know, it was a really it tough time. Like after the and fours. It was definitely porn at that point. It, it was porn. It, it was really porn. And then ultimately we got foreclosed and we had to move out of that house. Um, so that was in 2000 and nine at this point and um and again you know basically recovered you know we found somewhere else to live obviously we landed landed on our feet i eventually found another job um and um i worked at that but man the, once the once i'm the type of person where once i know a better way to do something it's hard to just ignore it you know so even when i go through these failures these setbacks it's like what's the what's like what's the alternative right going going back and just conceding that somebody else is going to determine my income, my potential, my time, control my life, essentially. And I, I just, so I went back. I was like, let me, let me figure out another way to, to do real estate. So I started um, learning about wholesaling houses and um, um, I, I was able to do a few deals successfully. I could never do like repeat deals. I can never get like a, um, a momentum going, but I, but I did, do a few here and there, right, in Phoenix. And the Phoenix market just got so competitive. Maybe I just had a scarcity mindset, self-doubt. I don't know. I was like, I went to go visit my grandfather and he lived in Florida. And I was like, this is a lot like the Phoenix market, except for meaning the houses, the feel of it, how new kind of on the newer end it was. A lot of Phoenix houses were newer at the time. I was like, this looks a lot like Phoenix, the area that Florida lived in. I was like, I wonder if I could, I wonder if I could do it here from Phoenix. So I, I, I got with a friend of mine who was also interested in real estate and I figured I'm working full time. So maybe I can leverage somebody else to have a, to, to have, you know, a business partner, a really good friend of mine. And, um, and so we, we started working together. I mean, over the course of three years, three or four years, maybe we probably did three deals. So, so yeah, that, that was going to be my question. Like how many deals per year? You're saying like maybe one, one and one and a quarter deals per year. Exactly. Exactly. Just enough to know how, like there's deals to be had, but not systematized yeah. enough, not the right behaviors, not no, no coaching at this point, just taking a, a, a course here or there and put, trying to put the pieces together. Yeah, and, the initial coaching that you purchased mm -hmm. didn't actually, did you make money at all with that strategy? Zero. Zero. And then you no, no deals, no way, came back with started doing the wholesaling, which by the way, um, if you ask any successful investor, they're gonna they're gonna tell you wholesaling is the easiest, fastest way to really get started with a lot less capital, 
to, you know, to, to, to make some money and then, you know, kind of open up other opportunities for sure. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I did wholesaling of houses just enough to know that it could be done, but not, not ever with the, the, the kind of uh, repeatable uh, systematized momentum that I needed to like replace an income or to like really, you know, change my life. So, um, you know, after, after a while, you know, my business partner and I, we kind of like, well, this is, this is kind of working, but we're both still working on full-time jobs. You know, he, he and I are still friends to this day, but after a while, he kind of like got interested in something else. I refocused back on my job again. And, 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 and then, you know, then I discovered land. Yeah. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to like, there was no um, consistency with what you guys were doing which really just made it like, okay, we're going to do this when we have time, but you didn't make it a priority to really try to get those steps in order to really start making some money off of it. You've seen the possibility, right? but everything else is getting in the way, like, like most investors face today, right? I mean, let's be honest. Most investors really, again, face those challenges. Uh, we all face them every single day, whether it's family, whether it's spouse, whether it's kids, whether whatever the case is, there's always something in our way and the successful ones just kind of can navigate through that and still kind of end up on the other side. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. So it was like, it was like, I didn't treat it as a business. I wanted it to work quote unquote work, but I wasn't treated as a business. You know, when you, when you work a full-time job, you go there every day, you put in those hours every single day. But then when you start a business, you think you're just going to do like, try this. I'm going to just do this, see if it works. Well, you don't do that at work. You you actually commit and you have tasks and you have things that you go and behaviors that you repeat regularly. We didn't treat it as a business um, and we didn't have the right coaching. And we also, like you said, didn't have, you know, we a lot. We were at that point. I did not navigate my way through pushing forward and kind of knowing where my true north was and always heading towards that regardless of what life threw it would just be like, we'll do it a little bit. We'll get excited, get some leads, um, you know, and then not, not continue. The, the, yeah. Not the, yeah. I felt like I was hustling. Cause when you work a full-time job and you do anything on top of that, you kind of feel like you're hustling. Yeah, you feel like you're getting something done, especially when you close a deal, but it's like, okay, how can I do this again? And then right. that again was taking nine months, a year to do it again. So it was almost like, it, like, like most people, I mean, let's be honest, you know, most people that work full-time job, uh, it's very hard for them to do things on the outside, right? I mean, let's be honest, 90, 90, 95% of people that start in real estate, probably at least 90% work a full-time job, right? Because you get, you got yeah. to provide, you got to put food on the table. If you have a family, right. you got other hobbies, other things you want to do. So you got to kind of, uh, at the end of the day, work. Um, so it, it's about making this work on top of that and putting it all together. And it takes, for some people, it takes more time than others, right? Some people learn differently. Everybody everybody thinks differently. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. So uh, yeah. you started your real estate journey with land in what year? Was it 17, you said, or something? 16? Uh, it was the end of 2018. 18. That's when I started learning about real estate. It was the end of 2018. Um, and, you know, I started learning about it. Um, and the, the thing that drew me to land was, was 
I want to go back to something you said before too, because you know different people learn differently, and I always wondered why do I hear about these success stories where these guys do exactly what I'm learning, and then it's like boom, boom, boom for them, right? Yeah. But with 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 a lot of success stories, all you can really get is the highlights, like the backstory. Even with me, people may not know some of the stuff I went through to get to where it happened for me, and that's not to say that you have to go through that. But I always like said, well, is there something going on with me? Um, so when I, when I, when I started learning about lead, I was like, oh, this looks like something that can fit for me, something that I can see works and something that I really feel can work for me. Right. Um, what I've since learned is that it really can work for pretty much anybody who puts in the work. Um, and so in 2018, huh? Keyword, put in the work. Put in, put in the work, put in the work. And, you know, when I got laid off back in 2008, that pain that was a really tough time that stuck with me. So even when I would refocus back on my job in the back of my mind, I know that tomorrow I could go to work and they say, you're laid off it, it, at my job. Now it's happened. Like in the past year since COVID people I worked with every day, next day laid off, gone. So job security is, is just, a, it's an oxymoron. And so I always kept that with me, which is why, even though, you know, several things didn't work for me, they felt like failures. I would always come back to real estate and when I came back and when I started learning about land I was like okay all right this, I'm, I, this is this is my next move this is what I'm going to go with and this is this time I'm going to really push I'm going to really um try to embody the behaviors that will help make it a success but I had a lot of doubts I had a lot of previous failures you know what what, what, what one question I had was it like was it the doubts because of the previous failure? Uh, was it the doubt that can this really be done? Like, what 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 was the doubt? Tell us a little bit about that. The, the, so there's several, right? There's the previous failures, like, oh, I've tried this before and it didn't work. Next is is the, is it can it really happen like this? Because there are people who simply sell courses that they know don't work. So so it's like, does this really work? Then it was also myself, me. Is this going to work for me? Like, am I, do I have the right stuff to, to make it work? And um, what I decided was, is I'm going to, I'm going to push to make it work. And I'm going to grow myself along the way through the work. Because again, the alternative is going back and just kind of relegating myself to the corporate life, which could end at any moment and I could be out the door. I want to have a little more control of my destiny. So like, I wouldn't say I, 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 I like doused or solved all of my self doubts before I got started. I just said, you know what? I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep pushing forward. And then I'm going to try to grow into the type of person who can embody the success that I'm after. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, end of 18, you started. Mm -hmm. And from when you, I know you worked with another land speaker. Um, right. and when you started with this land speaker, like you went through this, uh, obviously you purchased the system. Was it you purchased the system? Yeah. The home course, mm -hmm. home study yep. course. And how long before you got your first deal? I should say. So it depends on when you say I started, if I say the end, let's say November of 2018, I didn't close my first deal till, uh, May of 2019. Okay. And I closed one deal in 2019 and mind you. You know, I talked a lot about my previous like events that happened in my journey. While I was closing that deal, meaning 
getting, um, you know, talking to a buyer, getting to the point where we're actually, hey, we're putting we're putting this on the contract. My wife is pregnant with our second child at this point. Way later, you know, my, my kids are, are nine years apart. But my wife is pregnant with our second child. She, we're, I'm, I'm, it, we're having a, a, like a serious medical issue happening with this because it was an emergency. My wife had a complication right when she was giving birth that threatened her life, threatened my son's life. And it looked really, really, really bad. Meanwhile, I'm getting calls from the buyer because he's getting to the point where he's ready to he's ready to sign a contract. Um, so the point is, is that life is not going to pause for you to for you to put the pieces together. Life is not going to stop while you try to pursue what you're after, pursue your goals. Life is not going to stop, and it didn't stop for me. And uh, but because through the self doubt, through some of the failures, when I set my mind to like say, hey, I want to really do this, I knew what what direction I wanted to go in. And so there were times he would call, I'm holding my, I'm holding my infant son in the NICU, the, the, the infant ICU, right? Or he's calling and I'm holding my wife's hand because she's, she's you know, in, in ICU. Um, but when she's asleep and she's resting and my son is asleep and he's resting, I go out into the hallway and I call him back. And he doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't care. They don't, you know, business doesn't care what you're going through. He doesn't. But every opportunity I got, I'm trying to push that deal forward because I understand the importance of the proof of concept because that's really what it was. His first deal is the proof of concept. Like, can I get this to work? Yep. So I was like, I can't let this just fall by the wayside. Plus, it was a good distraction from what I was going. That was a, that that was the worst period of my life, even more so than what happened in two thousand eight because I almost lost my wife and my son. Yeah, that's and that's well, I'm sad to hear, man. I'm glad wife and son and everybody's doing great now. Yeah, they're doing excellent now. So, so let me go back. 2019 or 2019 did one deal, land deal. One land deal. In the system. Now, as far as uh, work you were putting into it, were you pretty consistent in doing the business? Like, were you like sending out letters and, and following up? Or were you like procrastinating a little bit? Were you taking it serious? Were you taking it like 50% or were you just, was it just a hobby like you did in 08? Yeah. So, I will say that I took it a lot more serious than I did when I had started in 07, 08, but I was not consistent. And I was trying to work within a limited marketing budget. I was working kind of with what I had. So, um, you know, on the one hand, it was like, I don't have a lot to work with, but I want to work with what I have. On the other hand, some days, some weeks, I would say it was like, you know, you know, based on what I have to work with, I don't know if I'm ever be able to get this done. Um, so I still was struggling with the self doubt, and I I wasn't I just wasn't consistent with with the behaviors um, because I I would allow what I thought were limits to kind of hold me back, and also I just I wasn't in I wasn't in rhythm. I wasn't on rinse and repeat. I I wasn't treating it a hundred percent like a business. You know, I, I still was working on being consistent, still working on kind of following through and following up on that one deal. I, I, for, for whatever reason, it worked out where wherever it was time for me to talk to this one seller, I was able to, you know, get her on the phone and she talked for sometimes hours. And at the time it was tough, but I was like, you know, if she's, if she's investing this amount of time, maybe, she, maybe this will turn into a deal, you know, but there's other people who I probably should have followed up with that I didn't that I maybe would have maybe got more deals done in 2019. So the answer, the short answer to your question is no, I was not consistent when I first started. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, so, so after 
this happening twice to you when you hired a coach, tried one strategy, then started doing the wholesale strategy, then doing the land strategy and only doing the deal. Like what in you, why did you continue to invest? Like, why didn't you just quit? Like most people would have, let's be honest, right? Three tries, three strikes are out kind of thing. And at this point you were like on your, almost like that pitch was almost hitting the plate because it was so close from a whole year and only doing one deal. So like, like, why did you just quit? Why, why, Why did you continue to do it? Yeah, so I did quit. Right. But I didn't stay quick. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like I would quit. I would, you know, I would. Short and, and term, I, short term, like a month or two. Right? Like, I quit. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, well, people are overnight successes with this stuff, but I can't get this to go. And mind you, I'm married. I have a job. I have a family. So there's times when maybe my wife doesn't fully understand what I'm really trying to do. And I can't. I'm producing results every so often, but I'm not producing the kind of results that really make it worth it to her for the sacrifice of time it takes for me to educate myself for me to go after this stuff. So there was tension at home with that but, stuff too. So it was easy. To- but, but also remember you have a new, you have a newborn at this point, Oh man, a very young child. And it's like, okay, you're trying to do this, but ain't nothing coming in from this. And you're taking away all this time from us, me, the kids, everything else that we have going on that it's like, is it even worth it at that point, right? Exactly. So so the thing that would always bring me back is I have to do this for my wife, for my kids. Like they became my why. So I was like, I'm going to still be a, a present dad. I'm going to be a present and supportive uh, uh, husband. I want a healthy family. But I also feel like it's my responsibility to also try to do better for our family. Um, and so, you know, they they are really the reason why I just would not quit. I just wouldn't quit because it's like, even though there were times my wife couldn't fully understand it and it may have caused some tension, it was also like, in the end, I really think it's going to benefit our family. I really think it's going to be for the, it's really going to be, put us in a, a better position eventually that she didn't see because she didn't you know have that opportunity or wasn't in it involved with you either so right that vision that's starting to come to fruition now so um, i'll tell you what else eugene is i want to add this to is for whatever i could get my hands on for examples of people who would do it you know videos education um things that i knew would help me to push off the negative thoughts and help keep me believing that it would work, I would do that, right? So that was where the personal growth came in. And that's why I was like, no, people who have had much harder circumstances than me, many more setbacks, many more limitations, many more, a a worse off start have have been able to make a success, not just of this business, but of business in general. So that's the other thing, honestly, that helped me to keep going was I had to kind of feed myself on positive things. Going into a corporate environment when that's kind of not where you where your heart is, it, it feels negative. It feels like you're 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 failing every day because you're still going to to that place and you're depending on them solely to to take care of your family. So I had to kind of feed my mind on other things that I would help me to say, no, there's there's this there's other people doing other things besides just what my programming was you know my programming of of you know the nine to five and and just doing that gotcha gotcha so so after hiring a coach even though it was many years back and and really not making any money or doing anything with that particular strategy like why did you consider hiring another coach well i tell you 
remember I talked about, you know, examples and looking to looking to grasp on to, to any kind of encouragement that would keep me going. Without fail, 100% of the time, when I started learning about land and I started seeing people who did, when I, when I was like, man, I would love to do just half of that, half of what they're doing, they always had a coach. 100% of the time, they always had a coach. So early on, I was like, well, at some point, you know, when I can afford it, when I can, when I can, when I can scrape together the money to do it, I'm absolutely going to do it. It wasn't a matter of if it was just a matter of when I could afford it. Right. Uh, I couldn't swap a credit card. My credit was, 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 was damaged from the foreclosure. So I had to be able to, to put together the money or close enough deals to support that. But I, it was like, that's it. Like I added that to my list of things that were going to requirement to be successful is I have to get some guidance because I know me. I'm over analytical. Yeah. I, I can I can overanalyze. I'm also I also have to fight negative thinking. I gotta you know stay positive. I got scarcity mentality. All this isn't gonna work for me. Like I'm gonna try it, but it's probably not gonna work. I I, I know that I needed a coach to to if I was gonna get to where I wanted to be, I had to have somebody to give me some direct guidance. Yeah, gotcha. So so as as far as like your 2020 year i know i know you've talked about this a little bit before mm-hmm. uh, started working with us in second quarter or so of 2020 i believe midway through first quarter yeah midway yeah. Through first quarter okay uh mm-hmm. in 2020 and and last year 2020 you finished the year with i believe you said 10 deals 10 deals 100k gross profit okay 100k gross profit and that kind of helped kind of propel for this year, which I know when we talked in January of this year, you had huge goals. Remember, we did the the the, the one training we got you into, and and uh, you had huge goals for this year yeah. that seemed very unattainable at the time. Um, but it was like, you know what? I'm going to put my I'm going to put my best foot forward, and I'm going to do what I can to reach that. And then in July, I believe, well, July or August, I believe it was, you put a post in the group that you had attained a $100,000 in one month, um, right. which was a huge feat for you, being from what you've done and, you know, where you where you come from. So what, what really convinced you to trust the land method enough to get into, start work, you know, wanting to work with us? The, I, I'll tell you, I think the thing that convinced me the most was, First off, I had a proof of concept that I knew land worked. Okay, I knew land worked as a as a as an investment vehicle, as a business, um, as a strategy. I knew it worked, and I had I was able to close. I did the proof of concept, so I was like, well, I know I can do this, but now how do I become the best version of me? How do I learn from the best? How do I get the best results absolutely possible? And that's what drew me to the land method. That's what drew me to Jonathan. Um, you know, Jonathan is not, he does land. He's, he's done, I, I lose track of how many deals Jonathan does, you know. Well over, <laughs> well, well over a thousand. But the thing yeah. is that Jonathan's real estate um, knowledge covers a lot of stuff. Like there's not much he hasn't seen. He hasn't come across. There's not a question that he doesn't have. At, first off, usually a very direct and clear course of action to take. Um, at, but at the very least, some guidance, like some real quantifiable authority-based, experience-based guidance. So yeah. I was like, if I have a strategy I know works and I have a, and I've been able to do somewhat of a proof of concept, 
even if that proof of concept was very individual, but I have all these examples that I see of people doing it that seem regular. Like I'm regular. I don't think there's anything special about me. These are regular people doing it. I'm going to, I need to get to the best source of guidance that I can, that I can get my hands on. And that's why I was like, I got to I got to go with the land method because I want to grow and I want to do it in the smartest, best, fastest way possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. Absolutely. So, um, as far as like working with us and, you know, for a while now, do you feel like you've been held accountable? Do you feel like you've gotten what you thought you would get when you started? I mean, I feel like that that's one key to helping me grow was being held accountable, right? You can make promises to yourself and say, I'm going to do this, but then life gets in the way. I know I've said that a few times when we talk, but life really does get in the way, especially with, you know, I don't care if you're single and you don't have a wife or a husband and you don't have any kids, life still is happening every day. <laughs> life gets in the way and that accountability, like, yes, like I, I could say, well, this is what I want to do. But then to have somebody holding you accountable and asking you, hey, how, how are you doing with this particular thing? What actions have you taken to move you towards this habit? Have you instilled this habit? What's your average been over the last X for what you were trying to achieve? The accountability is what helps is what helps you to get into the mindset of then holding yourself accountable to do the actions on a regular basis that are going to grow your business. Absolutely. It's key. Like it's 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 super important. So so you know as far as you know talking about that consistency and i know we've, we've talked about that a lot that's like this is the biggest thing in, in life pretty much for anything right yeah but especially in real estate i mean consistency is the hardest thing for us human beings to be able to do i, I mean trust you me I'm, i've been very successful not only in the land business but in real estate in regular business um you know in, in a lot of different things I've been pretty successful. Jonathan has been really successful with land, with houses, with other businesses that he's had. Um, and, and we still fight with that consistency all the time. So, you know, like one thing I try to do to, to try to stay consistent is, is take time off, right? So one thing for me is, and I know me and you've talked about this before, but it's like, okay, every two months, I need to take a weekend, take a week, go on a trip, just get away, just me and my wife, sometimes my kids, mostly just me and my wife does. My kids are older, they don't like to be around me anymore. You know, we've got teenagers and adults, they, they don't like to be around parents somewhere. We're old, we're this, we're that. So, right. uh, but you know, we try to do things that we like to do, right? Uh, me and my wife, we like to go to the casino every now and again, right? And spend a little bit of money and have a good time or, you know, go visit my parents, you know, back home or, you know, let's go to the beach for a week, you know, or, or weekend or whatever. Like just, just to try to, recharge as I say it, right? Because being stuck in that grind every day and, 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 and not even every day, cause it's not like I'm working 40 hours in my land business, right? Most of that stuff right. is outsourced. Most of that stuff is, is, is pretty much running, but it's still, you still get headaches for little things sometimes, right? Sure. Uh, in the middle of a deal, in the middle of this. So uh, we, we try to take time off to recharge. So do you agree that being consistent is key to making this work and if you if so why i i would say a hundred percent consistency is the secret sauce and it's it's simple be consistent it's two words but it is not easy and this business is not much different than like 
anything else that you're trying to accomplish. Like one thing I, I think about that I think everybody can relate to is losing weight, <laughs> right? Working out, be consistent, eat right and work out. That's it. But it's not, it's not simple. I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy. I should say it's simple, but it's not easy. When you can figure out how to be consistent, take your, in my case, take my individual circumstances, right? I'm regular. I don't feel like I'm much different, but I'm unique in that whatever my life is, is mine. And finding a way to be consistent with my current circumstances was absolutely key because, because with a job, and I always compare that because that's that's kind of the two worlds that I'm in. With a job, you consistently go to work, so you consistently get a paycheck, right? With a business, you have to consistently work to get consistent money, even more so than a job. Because a job, you can kind of slack off sometimes and you know fly under the radar. With your business, if you are not consistent with the right actions, there will be no payout at the end, right? Consistency is it. Consistency is it. That is really it. Even if you don't have a lot to, to hang your hat on right now, the consistent actions that you do while you're just getting started is the same consistent actions you're going to have to do once you do have momentum. Because if you stop, the deal stops. The business stops. You're the engine. You're the gas. You're the motor. And, and that thing has to be has to be consistent. You, you have to be consistent. It's a core, core quality to success really at anything but definitely in the land business and i would say the land business is a little bit more forgiving than houses thank goodness because there were times when i wasn't and i was still able to kind of you know do that first deal right i think that if i were in a different space that first deal probably would not have happened so land is is good in that it has some give but the same if you if you don't do the actions consistently you will not get deals you will not make any money and then you'll say well this doesn't work no you did not work it I, I'm not going to say you, I'm going to say me. I didn't work it. Once I start, started doing consistent actions, that's when I started getting results. And, I mean, it really is that, really did boil down to that. Yep, yep. And, and, that's, and that's great. That's a great answer, man. Now, when, when, when you face major hurdles in your business and, and like, let's say in the middle of a deal, you're facing some major hurdles, maybe something you haven't come across yet. Um, do you feel like your coach was there to help you get through that? Yeah, man. I, I mean... You know, you, you, you and Jonathan, you guys have been doing this stuff so long, you know, I don't know how, how you can, how easy it is for you guys to get into the mind of a beginner. Um, I don't feel like I'm a beginner anymore, but I also am not a pro. I'm, you know, I'm still pushing forward. I still got goals. I'm still, you know, I feel like I'm still figuring it out. So I say this from somebody who was recently a beginner, and I felt like I was a beginner from, from 2007 to 2018. Right. So when I say that, when I say that having somebody that you can text or call to say, I'm going through this, and that person says, Okay, all right, I know it seems like it's, but just do this, this, and this. Like it's it's everything in that moment because when you're trying to get your first one done or you're trying to get your second one done so you can make some more money to send out some more some more um, marketing. When you're trying to do that, it feels like every little hurdle is going to be the end. That is going to be it for your business, for your life. That's it. Yeah. But 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 you need somebody else to tell you, no, that's not. That's just that's just a little that's just a little hurdle. That's just a little challenge. And here's how I've gotten over that or here's how others have gotten over that. You can do this, this, and this, and it'll help you get around that. And then what seemed like a mountain is just like a little, a little rock that you got to just jump over. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. So 
I know, I know you have definitely scaled, I should say, at somewhat because mm-hmm. 2020 to 10 deals. This year you had a very lofty goal. Did you have you hit it yet? I have not hit it. I have not hit it. I'm close, I'm, I'm, but I'm, but I'm close. I'm close. My goal, honestly, my goal, I did 100 k in gross profit last year. And I and I'm I want to give this disclaimer to anybody that ever watches this. I am not a braggadocious person by any means. But I remember when I would hear testimonials and people would never say numbers and it used to drive me insane. So I'm saying numbers not to throw it in anyone's face, but just to say this is my trajectory. To be real and let people to know. To be real, because I, I, I hate it when I used to hate it. It was like, okay, well, just tell me what you did. Because I if did you're making deals and this and that, and then you're waiting for a number figure, right? How about if it was a thousand dollars a deal? Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and, if, and if you're, and if most people, if you, the average person might be going to a job, they might make 50K, they might make 60K, they might make 100K. You're trying to, you're trying to draw a straight line between this business and what you're making now. So just to, just to give that disclaimer, don't hold it against me. You know, I don't, I don't know what the future holds. I just know I'm trying to stay on this path and, and, and continue to continue to scale this thing. I did 100K, 10 deals, 100K last year in gross profit. This year, I had the goal of tripling that. I wanted to do 300K in gross profit through 2021. I'm closing my last deal of the year that I believe will be the last deal, unless something unforeseen falls into place and happens. I'm closing my last deal. Um, this week, and I will be at 270K gross profit for 20, 2021, 265, 270, depending on, you know, closing costs and all that stuff. That's, that's where I'm at. And I, I, I'll be honest, I'm going to, I'm going to be transparent. Once I have something in my mind, anything less than that is a failure, but I've had to reframe that, right? Because any other business on earth that grows by what is that? 275% yeah, yeah. is, is an astronomical success, right? So only in between these ears and this mind can, can that, that level of growth be even mentioned in the same breath as a failure. So I've had to reframe that, you know, um, I wanted to get to 300 K. It was a lofty goal. I fall a little bit short of that. I'm, I am ecstatic. And, and my other, my other growth, going back to your point earlier, is I'm not going to do what I usually do, which is obsess over that last little 30K that I did not get. I, I, I made, my business made over a quarter of a million dollars. That's huge. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm taking my wife and my kids and we're going on vacation. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. I'm going to recharge. I'm Where taking a note out of Genius's book, California. Cool. I think. Yeah. I think it's going to be last minute, but I, I don't care. I told my wife, you know what? We got to go. We got to go celebrate this year. You know, it's no, it's no, makes no sense to have this level of success and not be able to just disconnect and enjoy it. So, you know, over the winter break, that's where we're probably going to do something, go to the beach, uh, maybe go to a theme park. I'm not sure. Um, we were still filling out the pieces. We only got a couple of weeks left to plan them, but we're, but we're going. And, and then I'm going to start the year next year, you know, set some new goals. I, I'm not even thinking about my goals just yet for 2022. I want to let this year finish out, soak in the wins, and then um, disconnect, enjoy some time off, and then hit 2022, you know, running out the gate. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, what advice would you give to anyone that's considering working with us or just anyone that's looking to hire a coach right now? Like, even if it's not with us, just in general, you know, there's people out there that's going to listen to this that 
you know, maybe you're like considering working with a coach, maybe in a different strategy or, or even another land coach, you know, yeah. what advice would you give to people, man? I think a lot of times as a new person, or let's say you're not new to business, but you might be new to a specific niche that you want to go and learn. And I think the thing that holds people back is one, the cost. That's number one. Like, just keep it all the way real. That was me. It's like the cost. It's like, man, that's a lot of money. Two, it's, is it going to be worth it? I'm going to do all that and it's going to, and is it going to work for me? And what I'll say is the advice that I would give is to not think about what you're going to give up, but to think about what you're going to gain, right? Price, what you're going to spend, what you're going to invest is always relative, right? Because what you're going to get out of it is really where the value is. So if I were to say, if you give me $10 today, genius, I'm going to give you $1,000 tomorrow but you got to buy this, this, this cup of coffee for $10, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars tomorrow. Now there's a lot of scams on the internet that say you could do that. Now, that's not what I'm suggesting, but is it worth it? Would you ever pay $10, $10 for a cup of coffee under any other circumstances? No. Yeah. But when you know what the return is, and I say, genius, look at these people here that, that gave me $10 and bought this $10 cup of coffee for me. And I gave them a thousand dollars right after that. When you can see a track record and you can see the value in it, well, then it's time to say, what are you going to do? Are you going to not only invest, but then listen to the coach? So my advice would be, if you are willing to listen and do what the coach says, and you, and this coach has a track record of, of making people successful, it's worth the investment. And what I would say about the land method coaching in particular is this business niche is unique and it is powerful. Like it changes lives. Land changes lives. And, and the land method, like I said, to me, the land method is the best of the best when it comes to coaching programs. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, and we definitely appreciate, you know, you saying that, but, but also, you know, one, one, a lot of misconceptions out there about when people hire a coach and the expectation and things of that nature, right? At the end of the day, I mean, the coach is going to give you all the tools to help you succeed, right? All the resources to help you succeed, right. all the knowledge um, that you're that you're lacking at that point, right? Because in a lot of just putting the rest of the pieces to the puzzle together, right? So if you've done a few deals, kind of like how you came in, it was more about putting all those missing pieces to that puzzle together. You know, let's say you got a, a hundred piece puzzle, which the pieces are, are much bigger than if you had a 500 piece or a thousand piece, right? But it's like, okay, you had 50 of them and you just needed to put the rest of them together, 75, whatever the case is. Um, you know, another thing is that people expect results today, right? And a lot of them don't want to put in today's effort, the effort that you need to put in today to get those results right away. Yeah. So results vary for everybody, right? Some people, they yeah. get done in 30 days, 60 days. Other people's going to take four or five months. Like we've worked with students that have been able to do a deal in 30 to 60 days. And then we have other ones that take some six months to do a deal before they really start to figure things out. And a lot of yeah. it is what you said earlier. A lot of that, that, you know, it's in your head. It's in your head. You're not thinking, you're not being consistent. You're not following what your coach is telling you to do to a T. And that, and that's really the thing. I would say if you're not in the, if you're not in of the mindset, that I'm going to put aside my preconceived notions and do what my coach is telling me to do, then do not spend the money because then you're going to be mad later. And everyone's hard earned money is important to them. It's like, you know, it's like, 
your kids, your wife, and then your money. Like it's like it's important to you, right? But if you are not of the mindset that you're gonna listen, if you're not of the mindset that you're gonna that you're not gonna do what they're what what you're being told to do, what you're being guided to do, then you should not get a coach. But if you are of the mindset that I'm gonna approach this like like this is my last shot and I'm willing to be humble and I'm willing to drown out the noise of all my other experiences and just listen and do and I'm willing to put in the work well then a coach is going to a coach is going to dramatically change the trajectory of what you're trying to do and the thing is like the best people have coaches in any area in any arena I don't care what it is sports business anything they have coaches they have people that they guide that guide them that yeah, the best of the best michael jordan had a coach right the best business people they have coaches and i'm not anything like any of those people i'm not i'm much more regular and less talented and less special but a coach is going to change the trajectory if you're willing to do the work and if you're willing to just listen to the coach i've been guilty of that before too where a coach tells me something i've been i'm gonna be honest there's times when Jonathan had to tell me things three, four, five times for it to click and for me to start doing it, right? So if you're gonna, if you're going to really take advantage of it and 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 you're willing to listen and do the work, it, it could change your life. It could change the trajectory of how things go, you know. But if you're not, well, then that's not money well spent. Absolutely, absolutely. So we do have a few questions from uh, some of our viewers here. Okay, I can't really see them. I saw one yeah, pop yeah, up, but I, I can't. I got you. I got them here. I'm gonna read them all to you. So ever okay. asked. What made you change land groups? I wasn't getting much value out of um, the other land group I was in. Um, they, at first, there were there were coaches that would be part of the, like the regular land group. But then after a while, I noticed there was only new people in there just kind of spouting off a lot of their opinions. It wasn't anybody who had any real tangible guidance and at first it was like that and i would go and do the stuff that those coaches would say the people i would see that were coaches and they would say no try this i would go and do it. but then after a while i'd be like well i don't i see other people who don't really not that they don't know what they're doing but they're not they don't have the same track record they, they're not coaches they're not actually closing a bunch of deals or have enough experience to be a, a good source of guidance and i'm like i'm not really getting out of this much of what i need so um, that was what kind of made me switch over to the land method. And plus, honestly, Jonathan, Jonathan is a big part of it because like I said, you know, he's the best, you know, and as far as not just for a while as well. So, right. Before, I had been following, I had been following Jonathan, you know, for, for, for a while prior to this. Yeah. And, and when, and when I, I saw that, you know, he was kind of going a different direction, I didn't immediately jump over. That. I was like, well, I'm, 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 I like what I'm learning over here until the value started going down. It's like, well, I'm not getting I'm not getting anything out of this anymore. So I had I was I, I just had to kind of switch directions and go to where I could get some value, get some questions answered, and and then ultimately get coaching. Absolutely. So we have another one from Lars Jensen. What roughly and just bullet point wise did you did you uh, autom automize, uh, systematize or automate mm -hmm. in your land yeah. business, and how many VAs are you employing? Um, so what I have automated first, and I, I, I use automate and, and outsource kind of interchangeably. Um, there's not a lot that's actually that, that happens without me being involved in it. So I haven't automated a lot. Uh, but one, the, one of the first things that I could do when I could afford it is get someone else to take my calls for me, because that is, 
Second to, to, to comping properties and sending out offers, that's probably the most time consuming part. And it's the part that is just so kind of repeatable that after a while, you don't actually need to be on the phone. I took all my calls at first. Let's be clear about that. Like when I first started, I'd be at work. I'd just step out of my cubicle so my coworkers and my manager can hear. Like, hey, uh, yeah, I, I, I sent you a letter. Uh, did you get my letter? Oh, you're interested? I had to go out there, try to take a notepad with me and take notes. So I did that at first. But as soon as I could afford to, I was like, nah, I have to. And that's also another thing that allowed me to scale. Because when I don't have to take the calls, I could just get the leads in. You know, I can I can address a lot more as far as VAs go. Um, I employ on a regular basis. I employ one VA. Um, I have a second one that I use that I learned about that I got from uh, uh, Genius and Jonathan to help me uh, with formatting my list. Um, so that's on an as needed basis. But I don't you know, I don't necessarily need a list formatted every single week. Right. So that's another person. That's another person that I use. So really like one, one and a half as and that second one is really on an as needed basis. Yeah, but but yeah, so you have one that helps you with your list. You have one that you actually employ for a bunch of little things that you need. Yeah. You also have uh, basically another uh, another group that takes the calls for you. So exactly. So um, if you want to call that a VA, I guess it's two two to three then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean it, it's it's just about doing what works for you, Lars. I mean that's that's what I would say. Do do what works for you. Um, some people still take the calls. Uh, some people. You know, I still take half of my calls. Most of them, I let them go to voicemail. Sometimes I send it out to the mailhouse. If I'm here and doing nothing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, answer the phone at the end of the day. Why not? I like to talk to people. This is what I've done my whole life. So, <laughs> and that, and that's 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 the great thing about this business. That's a great thing about how the land method teaches you. It's not just one way to be successful. You can take chunks of successful modules and say, yep, I'm going to take that and I'm going to fit this into my life and my business. Um, and there's pros and cons to whichever you're going to do. Like for, for when Genius takes calls, it's, it, it takes time to do that. But if he has the time, then okay. When I don't take calls, there's probably leads that I might be able to progress faster if I talk to them myself right then. So there's always a give and take but there's not with, with with the land business and with the land method. There's not success doesn't just look one way. You can there, you have the flexibility to kind of mix and mold it to fit your your life and your business. Plus, you know the thing is you can pivot on every single deal, any day of the week, any day of the month, any month of the year, um, or any year you like. You can pivot everything that you're doing. Right, everything is so kind of flexible to what you're doing. Okay, I, I want to take the calls this week or next month. I want to sublet the calls out. Right. Uh, I'm right. going to do my own list this time. Next time, I'm going to sublet that out. So there, there's so much um, flexibility to to the land business that you really can't do in a lot of other businesses. We, we have another really good question here from Israel. What did you do different to go from 100K to 270K this year? More mailers going out? Volume, volume and consistency. Straight up. It's really, it really is that simple. Words. That's just that, that's the biggest words. It, 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 I heard it so much, it was annoying after a while. But then it finally clicked. Like, that's really what it is. What did you do differently? Volume and consistency. It wasn't like I just always picked the best areas. There were some I can remember vividly. There are a few areas I mailed to. I did not get a single deal out of there. And you know what I did? I kept mailing with volume and consistency. <laughs> Moved on to the next one and kept mailing with volume and consistency. And then at the end, like, say, the end of the year, you look back and you go, wow, you know, by continuing to mail, continuing to scale, and continuing to be consistent with volume, this is what the end result is. You know, you get a business that actually is working. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And that's something we've really talked about, even in, even not even only in one-on-one coaching, but in our, in our small group training, you know, that you've been a part of as well. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, that's the first thing Jonathan talks about literally on, in week one, day one, it's consistency and volume. I mean, if you continue to send out mail, you're always going to have calls and opportunities to do deals. You're not always going to do deals, right? With every mailing or every mail, every county, but the majority of the time, especially in today's market, it's a, it's a different market today than it was a year and a half, two years ago, right? Where you were getting 10, 12% response rate, but it was taking you a hundred offers, 60 offers to get a deal because you were offering so low, right? Now it's virtually impossible to get a deal at 15%. 10% on the dollar, it still happens, don't get me wrong, not a lot. Um, so, right. you know, it, it, it's consistency and volume is the key to really moving forward and, and, and really growing. So Jay, we have another question from Jay. Um, what's your process looking for title companies or attorneys that can double close? And are you selling at 75% of retail value to sell it quick or how low can you go? Uh, I'll answer that last question first. and. The the thing is, it depends, right? As far as like 75%, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at whatever market I'm in and whatever things are going for, and I'm assessing my, my speed to close on a deal-by-deal basis. Because um, with this business, you have options, right? Do I want to offer seller financing? Did I, did I get it at the right price to be able to offer seller financing? If I didn't get it at a percentage enough to be able to offer seller financing, well, now I know I'm looking at a cash deal. How much do I want to make? How long am I willing to make it? And what does the market dictate? That's really what determines it. It's not as it's not like an exact percentage. It's like, you know, if you're in an area where you see things are going at 100% of market value and they are selling in 30 days or less, why would you why would you market to 75%? You can market at 100%, close it in 30 days and move on to the next deal. Yeah. Um I was going to say real quick, my rule of thumb is really like I'm selling at whatever the market is, but yep. I'm going to be the cheapest on the market. Right. Like to just make it go. Bit. Just, just, just a little bit to make it go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the market in some pockets, not in all pockets, because I'm in several markets, in some pockets, it's so hot that like, and sometimes it's homogenized, meaning they're all the same. You put this, you put this property on the market in this area at this price point is going and you can see 50, not 50, let me not exaggerate. You can see five to 10 sales within the last 30 days of they going so you that the the market will tell you the market will tell you what what you're gonna what how fast you're gonna sell and what you're gonna make now if you choose to try to beat the market and say i'm gonna go over you might still you might get that but you might have to wait longer to do it so it's always like that inverse relationship between time and and price and the market is really the the overall authority on that and, and, and it really depends on your situation, right? I mean, if you're struggling, need money, you might sell it cheaper just to make a quick deal happen so you can have more marketing money and things of that nature. Exactly. If you got a little bit of money or, you you know, your your business is moving, you got several deals on the contract or you just closed one, then you can hold on to it a little bit longer. Chart maybe leave the price a little higher. Um, you know, like what we do, for example, if we actually close on the deal ourselves, mm -hmm. we put it on market at full retail. Because we, right. you know, we, we know, we know we're not, we're not looking to get our money back tomorrow. We know it's going to take us two, four, six months sometimes to get our money back. We're right. okay with that. That's right. why we closed on the deal because we're okay with it. If not, I wouldn't close on the deal if I didn't want to. Right. Um, what was the first part of Jay's question, Genius? I'm uh, sorry. I answered the uh, second what, what's part What's your first. process looking for title companies or attorneys that oh, can close? Okay. So wait, for title companies and what? 
or attorneys. You know, some states are attorney states. Oh, I got you. I got you. you. You know what I do? Um, honestly, I will join a Facebook group, a Facebook investor group in that area and ask. That, for me, has been the fastest way to get a quality one. And even then, you might get some ones that are bogus. But typically, you throw, you you you. let's say you're in um, Phoenix. You're in Phoenix, Arizona. You join a Phoenix, Arizona Facebook investors group. Hey, guys, who are you using for investor-friendly title companies? They're going to give you their guy. You're going to get three, four, five suggestions. You call them all. You interview them. You see if they're going to fit. And then you, and then you, and then you adjust your expectations because title companies are really, and this, uh, this is no disrespect to anybody who, are, who might be a title agent on here. They push paper. They're like a paper pushing insurance company. They do not care about you. Even the ones that are investor friendly. But when you talk to them the first time, oh, it's, everything is peaches and roses. We do everything. We, we do, we can do all that. Oh, that's not a problem. That's not a problem, Mr. Brown. Yes, we'll do that. We do that all day, every day. And then you send them your first contract and then you really find out what it is, right? So you set your expectations knowing that I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to go here to people who are closing deals, get their investor funding title companies. Then I'm going to interview them. I'm going to pick two or three of the best ones. And then I'm going to try them out and see. Yeah, and if they don't work, seen, move on to the other ones. And I've seen you uh, re re reply with that same exact answer to several people in the group yep. that are looking for title companies in certain areas. I've actually seen you put that, you know, co comment That's on right. your post saying, hey, yep. join a local group uh, and get a recommendation that way. That's going to be your best bet. It's fast. And you know, the people are using them today for to close invest our type of deals. Yep. Yep. It looks like we got one more question from Karen. Um, she said, what's your, what was your mail volume in 2020 versus 2021? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know my mail volume for 2020, to be honest. I don't remember. Um, I wasn't tracking it as closely. Um, but this year, I just got a report from uh, my mail house. I've mailed 38,000 pieces this year. So that, is so that averages out 700 a week or so? 700 a week. Yeah, yep. Right, right on average. And and mind you, the, the the room you see behind me, this is a house we just moved into probably six months ago. So there was a chunk of time when my mailing slowed way down because we were literally packing up everything, relocating everything. So did I mail 700 exactly every single week? No. But what I did do was say, okay, if I can't mail, first off, during the time we were moving, I'm like, I don't know if I can really navigate moving, working, kids, wife and a business and continue to, to, to process leads. So I slowed down a little bit on my mailing. But as soon as I got settled, as soon as I got here in my office, I picked up and I popped and I mailed more than I probably would have just to get caught up, right? And now that's a new metric, right? That's the thing about volume and consistency is that you get new metrics. The more you do it now, oh, okay, I mailed 38,000 so far this year. Um, I'm probably not going to mail anymore. I think I, my last mailing is hitting this year. So probably is by the I'll end of the year, probably around 39 or 40,000. But now I know that, right? I mailed X that year over this period of time. Next year, I can say, okay, how can I do that better? Now I have a data point to go off of. How can I do that better? I'm not too big on, um, on metrics. I'm like, if I'm closing deals, that's all I really care about. That's but that's a, that's a key point. Yeah, that's a really good question, Karen, that I really just am only able to answer because I just asked that of my mailhouse like last week. But that's, 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 that was my volume. But, but think about this, everybody listening, think about this. 40,000 pieces of mail, let's say, round up. 
40,000 pieces of mail. Let's say the average, if you use a mail house, it's going to be about 50 cents. If you do it on your own, it's going to be around 40 cents. So let's just say you use a mail house and it's around 50 cents. That's $20,000. Okay, $20,000 on 700 pieces of mail on average to make 200 and roughly $70,000 a year. Um, is it worth it? Is this business worth it? I mean, like I said, you heard it directly from someone doing it, not us just feeding you stuff, not us just telling you stuff. And if you've been in our group and if you're new to our group, uh, go back and look up Jamal Brown, type his name in the group and you'll see he posts stuff. So it's not like he's just saying this. In July, he posted his $100,000 a month or August or July. I mean, he's, he's posting some of his, he, he don't like to brag too much. I mean, I don't, I don't post much either just for that one reason. People think, oh, you're bragging or you're doing this or you're doing that. Uh, unfortunately, that's not who I am. I'm very private. But at the end of the day, I mean, people are making real money. Not everybody. There's a lot of people struggling, but there's reasons why people are struggling. You have to look in the mirror and say, what am I doing wrong? What help do I need? Am I willing to get the help? Can I afford the help, right? Um, again, whether it's with us or whether it's with somebody else. You know, at the end of the day, if you're considering working with a coach, if you've done some deals, really want to take your business to the next level, if you're ready to finally start doing deals in 2022, remember, next, next month starts a whole new year, a whole new chapter in your life, right? This year is over with. It's done. If you hit your goals, great. If you got close to them, great. If you didn't do anything this year again, like maybe you did it last year or the year before, again, you need to look in the mirror and, 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 and figure out. Is real estate something I want to continue to do? And, and not only that, Jamal has done all of this through COVID. When people were losing jobs, when, 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 the, when the market was kind of, you know, going down and we had so much uncertainty going on, um, now, we're, now we're getting hit with all this inflation, right? I mean, I went to McDonald's earlier to get my wife some meat. She's not feeling good. I spent 20 bucks on two meals. I mean, it, it used to get a Big Mac meal for five or six bucks, you know, six, seven, five, six, seven years ago. So um, unfortunately, this is the new world that we live in. So you can't feel sorry for yourself. Um, you, you, you have to just look in the mirror and, and figure out a plan of action. Start 22 off with a plan of action to make it happen. So if, if again, if you're considering working with a coach, I definitely recommend you reach out to us. At least have a conversation. We're straightforward. We're honest. We will not pressure you. We'll have a conversation because at the end of the day, you have to decide if we're a good fit for you, just like we're going to decide if you're a good fit for us. We don't just want your money, especially if we know you're not going to do anything with it, right? If, if, if you're going to listen to your coach, if you're going to follow through, we're going to give you everything you need to succeed. You have to do the work. We can't do the work for you, right? So if you're interested, type interested in the comments. If you're watching via YouTube or one of our streaming services, send us an email at thelandmethod at gmail.com. Call us at 980-222-5050. Again, that's 980-222-5050. Or go to our website, www.thelandmethod.com. Click contact, fill out the form. Again, myself, John, one of our team members will reach out to you. Uh, and again, just have an honest conversation and see if we're a good fit or not, man. So can I, can I can I add can I add one more thing, Genus? Yeah. You, you mentioned John. I remember talking to him when I was at the same point of a lot of a lot of these folks are here now. Um, I, I would like to add also, in addition to wife, kids, COVID, 
we also have a volunteer work that's very near and dear, dear, dear near and dear to our heart that we are trying to grow and do and devote even more time to. So there's just there's no excuses, you know. If you want to make them, that's fine, you know. But you're, you're only robbing yourself. And when when Genus asks, can it can you afford it? I would ask. If you look back over the last 12, 24, 36 months of your life, your income, your business, your goals, can you afford to not make a definitive move, not hire a coach to help you grow your business? Can you afford not to do it? Not what it's going to cost you per se, but can you can you afford what it's going to cost you to not do it? You know, I, I think about what if I didn't do it? My life is dramatically different now than it was even 18 months ago. Dramatically different. I, I could not afford to not do it. And if you're in that same spot, it's worth it's worth at least a conversation to explore it, you know, with 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 John, Jonathan and Genius or John. It's worth it to explore it. So and I'm not specialized. If there's a will, there's a way. If you really want to do it, there's a there's a way that can be worked out for it to happen at the end of the day. Um, if, yeah. if, if you're if you continue to sit on the fence your whole life, then you're always going to be on that fence. Right. Looking for the next great thing and looking for the next strategy and joining another 200 Facebook groups until you finally figure out the one that's for you. So Jamal, I want to thank you for your time today. To everyone listening, I want to thank you all for tuning in today. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday, 12 o'clock Eastern time for great land content um, to help your business out. Until next time, I hope you all have a blessed day. Peace, guys. Thank you listeners for joining in today. Join us again next week for another discussion on all things land. If you have a topic you want discussed, send us an email about it at thelandmethod at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website, thelandmethod.com. Remember to join the Land Method Facebook group as well if you want to be the first to hear this content and be a part of a community that supports each other in our land businesses. Have a great week.